Is domestic missions important? You'd better believe it. We're going to talk about that and a whole lot more. This is the Engaging Missions Show, episode 193 with Rebecca Jefferson. Welcome to the Engaging Missions Show, where we are bringing missions home. Here's your host, Brian Ensminger. Thanks for stopping by and welcome to the show. We want to provide you with a way to hear a message, make a connection, and take action. This week, we're going to be talking about the need for domestic missions, how God's moved in our guest's life, and how easily we can become distracted. I do want to mention, you're going to want to stick around to the end. I'm going to welcome some new people who have recently connected. And I've also got a question for you about ways that we can further connect and be together in our efforts and our passions. I am in the middle of a fundraiser for Global Initiative. None of this goes to fund what we have going on here. This is a fundraiser for them. They're providing resources for the global church to engage with Muslims. You can find out more information about that at engagingmissions.com slash fund16. And this is really timely because we're just a couple of weeks away from Ramadan. If you haven't yet purposed in your heart to pray, I'd ask you to do that because prayer makes a big difference. And if you're looking for resources to help you in that, check out either 30daysprayer.org or Reaching Muslim Peoples. I'll have links for all of that in the show notes. With that, we're not going to take any longer. We're going to join Rebecca Jefferson and hear from her about her story. All right, let's get started. Today, I am super excited to have with me Rebecca Jefferson. She was born and raised in Maryland. She actually grew up in a Christian family and then came to Christ in her tween years. And then after that, God put it on her heart to reach others for Christ, which is why we're talking now. By now and by God's grace, she's a missionary with open air campaigners. So, Becca, welcome to the show. Glad to be here, Ryan. This is a great privilege, and you know, I should have asked before, do you prefer to go by Becca or by Rebecca? Becca's fine. Okay, cool. Well, Becca, as we get started, I know that you're working with open-air campaigners. You've got some stuff going on with that. We'll, we'll get into that a little bit more in the, mm-hmm. as we get further in, but I'm wondering, can you maybe share with us in a couple of sentences about who you are and what it is that you're doing? What I do now with open-air campaigners is I'm a missionary. I serve domestically in the United States and Maryland, to be more specific. And what I do is that I minister to kids. I minister to adults. With kids, we do kids' meetings, whether it's in after-school programs or whether it's on the, on the streets and neighborhoods and parks. And for adults, we reach them in different public venues, like in Baltimore, there's a place called Lexington Market. It's kind of a rough area, but it's a great place to reach the lost where they're at. A lot of people are gathering out of there. There's a lot of, a lot of bad activity going on. There's drugs and other stuff going on there. Mm-hmm. But it's really neat to be able to spread the love of Christ there and our message through the, the sketch board and be able to preach the gospel to them, be able to pray with people. And we also go to downtown Silver Spring, which is a slightly more, I think, affluent area, but it's very family friendly. And there's a movie theater right there. So people are coming out of the movie theater. People are walking around on Friday nights from different restaurants and shops in the area. So it's pretty busy down there. We go down there, too. People i have been very receptive to our message. People will stand there and listen and the kids will stand there and listen. It's pretty neat, you know, to watch God move and stuff. 
I, I bet that is. And I, I'd like to key in for just a second because you shared that you're doing missions here in the U.S., specifically yes. in Maryland. Yes. And I feel like, you know, a lot of people who listen to this show, they're probably familiar with the idea of domestic missions, but not everybody is. Some people think that missions are only what happens when you take a short trip out of the country or when you yes. fly across the ocean for a few decades. Right. But there's a need for missions here. Can you share a little bit about that need? Oh, absolutely. When God called me to be a missionary, I I was pretty open to what he wanted me to do, but I always felt a burden for here. I grew up in church and around Christians, around people professing to be Christians, and I grew I grew up in Maryland where basically everybody's, you know, everybody's a Christian or every <laughs> other person is a Christian and stuff, but there was such such little fruit to show for that when people would say, I'm a Christian, and yet it's like, okay, you know, and you're living like X, you're living like Y. And it's it, it's sad, you know, people need to see that, you know, the gospel is not about you getting your best life now. It's about Jesus. It's about living your life for him and about surrendering your life to him. The gospel is about Jesus. It's not about getting what we want or it, it's, it's about Jesus getting what he deserves, which is us, which is getting our whole lives. So it's I, I and so I hope that in my time missions I can convey that people can just come to Christ and you know not for for Christ not for the other stuff but for Him and to also just provide you know an understanding of the gospel to share it to whoever will listen. There's a lot of people here. The Baltimore D.C. area is very diverse. There's people here from all over the world. Some have never heard the gospel before. <laughs> Sometimes you run into a person on the street occasionally who grew up in America, but has never heard the gospel before. That is just, yeah. it's su- such a, almost like out-of-body experience when you hear something like that. <laughs> but, but it's so neat because it's almost like you can start, with, start from scratch with that person. And it's such a gift to be able to share the gospel, you know, in any circumstance you find yourself in. So it's very rewarding. And what I want folks to uh, realize is that Domestic missions is real. The need for it is real. India and China, you know, God knows they need the gospel too. People are such so destitute and are suffering. In America, we have heard the gospel, but sometimes not a pure form of the gospel, or people haven't taken it seriously, or they think it's just a church thing. But they need to see it affects their entire lives, and they can be regenerated and can be made holy because of what God did for them on the cross through Jesus Christ. So with people, and people are people everywhere— they need to see that Jesus can change them and can change their hearts. So that's what I want to convey to people. The need here is so real. It is so big. People are actually from other countries are sending missionaries mm. to minister here in America. And our kids are such a large mission field also because they're just experiencing everything through TV and media and the Internet. They're experiencing everything, so much violence and immorality. And it's really sad about what they are experiencing today. So it's just such a big mission field here, and opportunities abound. We just just need to ask God to reveal them to us. Yeah, so I'd like to kind of maybe take a trip back to your childhood, because we, we know that you grew up in church, and then you came to Christ in your tween years, so some, somewhere I'm guessing between like mm-hmm. maybe 10 and 15, something like that. What was it that brought you to Christ? I, I'm trying to think of a moment when I was saved, I probably can't pinpoint an exact moment, but I knew that I needed him. I needed a relationship with him. You know, I heard this all my life. You know, my parents are drilling this into me all my, all my <laughs> life. So, <laughs> but 
I realized that I needed a savior, that my sins needed to be forgiven, especially as I got older and I became aware of, you know, more things as, as you get older, you become more aware of stuff. And I realized that I needed God's forgiveness in the things that I dealt with, you know, in my life and different thoughts and the heart motives and stuff that I needed forgiveness for those things. And God was merciful and he opened my eyes and just gave me a heart to really love his word and to love the body of Christ. And later on, gave me a love to share the gospel with others. So he's really done a work with me. Yeah, that's that's great. And I'm I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt there. Did, Did you have more? No, you're good. Okay. Um, so I, I really appreciate your transparency, your honesty, and also your heart. I'm wondering, as you think about your life and your ministry and how you try to approach things, is there maybe a scripture or a, a mindset that really underpins how you do what you do? Matthew 28. I'm horrible with verse references. <laughs> it's at the end of Matthew 28, and it talks about, I'm with you always until the end of the age. You can't, you can't accomplish a great commission. You can't go out there and witness for Christ unless you realize that God is with you. If you don't realize that, you walk in fear all the time. You walk in mm-hmm. discouragement all the time. And you'll be depressed and will look at you know, yourself and all those things around you. But if you see that God is with you, that changes everything. That you realize how merciful God is to just be with you, even though he knows how you have sinned, how you are sinning, how you will sin. Even our righteous works like filthy rags. So he he realizes that, he knows that, and yet he's still with us all the time. And he's with you when you feel afraid and when you just want to give up, he's with you. And I think that's been that's been a verse that I've looked back on a bulk of my life is is that verse in Matthew twenty eight. Nice. So as we tie a bow on this section, I'm just thinking, you know, you you came to Christ in your tween years. I'm not going to try and guess your age. I'm not going to try and guess how long you've been walking with the Lord, but it's it's been a couple of weeks. It's been probably a few years and God's probably Mm -hmm. shown you a lot, taught you a lot, moved in your Mm -hmm. life powerfully. As you think over maybe just the last few months or the last year, what's something that's that God's really been showing you? I think it's a matter of grace a matter of just knowing that you can't get to God on your own. I mean, it's like something, yeah, I should have known that already. And I did, but, (laughs) but um, it's, you can't get to God. You can't draw closer to God, even on your own. You have to draw to him by the Holy spirit and you can't do it based on your own efforts. And I think sometimes, and I think all Christians can make this mistake. We draw to Christ in our own efforts by what we do. And we think that this will make God love us more. This will make God, you know, more pleased with us or more proud of us. And based on different dynamics that may be going on in our lives, maybe sin that we allow, maybe mm. stuff that we aren't doing, we, there's a, we feel a gap between us and God. But because we're sinners and because God is holy, only he can fix that gap. It's basically the gospel repeated, but <laughs> just, <laughs> just, just for believers, you know, that God's grace is sufficient and that he can, he bridges, he'll, he can bridge that gap, you know, that we feel between him and us. And, and no matter what, that God is love, he is loving. He will always love us. And he's, he can always forgive our sins when we ask him. And I just realizing, you know, a realization of, you know, the grace of God, that if you don't have your devotions for two days, God doesn't hate you. You know, (laughs) so it's, it's a blessing, you know, to realize, you know, how gracious God is. 
Wow, that, that's great. I hear echoes of Galatians there going, mm-hmm. if you were saved by grace, how do you think you're going to do it all on your own? It's really yeah. good stuff. Yeah. With that, we are going to take a quick break. When we sure. come back, we'll shift our focus a little bit more toward the ministry. If you enjoy the Engaging Missions show, you will definitely want to check out the Foundational Missions Leadership Moment at fxmissions.com. That's hosted by Scott McClelland, who's been on the show. He's a friend of the show, and he recently finished up a series, a couple of series, where they were recording on location with leaders, which I thought was great. You'll also want to keep your eyes open for his upcoming podcast. He'll be launching soon, and that will be called From the Forefront, featuring longer interviews with leaders. All right, we're back with Rebecca Jefferson. She's been sharing some great stuff. I just loved what she shared, the simplicity of keeping our focus right, keeping our focus on God's sufficiency. As I was telling her during the break, that, that speaks to me because sometimes I look at my life and I try and muscle my way through stuff too. Is So I, Rebecca, I appreciate you sharing that. Now we're shifting our focus a little bit more toward missions and the ministry. To start this off, I'd like to maybe just focus a little bit more on your story and how God led you from salvation to missions. When I was saved, which the latest it would have been, would have been when I was 12, I did not sense a call to share the gospel right away, which I guess every Mm. Christian has that call to share the gospel because all (laughs) is forgiven the Great Commission. But I just, I would want to share the gospel and then I would become scared to share it, which is unusual. I'm kind of an extroverted type of person, mm. but I couldn't open my mouth to say much about Jesus, which of course made me feel horrible. And uh, another thing I want to talk about too was that I suffered with condemnation in my spirit, just mm. a lot of attacks on the enemy, which of course, when you have that going on, you are going to wallow in fear a lot. Yeah. So what happened was God did really, you know, help me. And I, I was really convicted over the fact that I wasn't really sharing the gospel with people. And I prayed and I prayed and I prayed. And then it just, it all of a sudden it just became easier to pass out tracks to people. And then you, I, I, I blink and it's like, I couldn't stop. And it's all I wanted to do. It's all I could think about. It's like in, in every spare moment I had, I wanted to pass out a track to people. I wanted to share the gospel with people. I wanted to talk to them about Jesus. It was, it was a complete 180 from how it was before. Fast forward two years or less, and I wanted to become a missionary. And we were on a church trip, and I remember we were at a breakfast place in rural Pennsylvania and outside of a Lancaster, and I tell my mom and dad that I wanted to be a missionary, you know, for the rest of my life. And that was the Lord's doing. That was, that's, you know, that's something only he could do. And so it took a while, you know, for that door to open. Of course, God had to teach me a few things. God had to, you know, show me, you know, what, I don't want to say what the world is like, but what people are like and stuff. And he showed me that through different jobs that I got and and different things, just different experiences and stuff that I had to go through. And then the door opened when I learned about sketchboard evangelism training. And what that is, is that it's a seven day intense part training, part seminar Hmm. of basic Bible evangelism training, using the law and the gospel to convict and bring people to Christ. And also we train you with the sketchboard with paint to illustrate the gospel to people. We teach you how to do that. And then we put you out in the street and you're exercising <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah. 
we, and we put you in like different urban areas. We'll put you in parts of Baltimore, parts of DC and different other places in the Baltimore DC area. So it's a week of full of that unforgettable experience. Yeah. And I went to this training and I was invited by the staff to kind of volunteer with them after the training was over. So I did. And I went to the, there was a good news club that they were helping out with, which is by Charlie Evangelism Fellowship, but OAC how partner with them, this, the OAC branch partnered with them to put on mm. training, a Bible club in the schools. So I would go with them to help do that. Well, about two or three years pass, and I won't go into the whole story just for sake of time, but basically one of the staff members, Dane Dempsey, basically asked me one day, what would you think about you know, coming on staff with us. Because beforehand, I had just, I was sensing strongly that something was going to happen to me, just something. Mm. It was very strong. And I went to North Carolina to a missionary housing facility, great place, by the way, and talked to foreign missionaries. But I just sensed that, even though I love these missionaries, they were so encouraging, I just sensed that it was not the right timing for me to go overseas. So not that I would never go, but just not not the right time. So I come back up to Maryland, and I, after that, I just I sense this feeling just starting to grow within me. And then I and I also I was I was feeling like that I was run, not running out of options, but hmm. that God was driving me towards something, and that it was just a feeling that God was pushing me towards something that something imminent was going to happen. So that day when Zane asked me to come on staff, it was, it mm. was like, like almost like a revelation in a sense, like the, the clock, the, the stopwatch had just, uh, just smashed, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It was almost like, this is it. <laughs> and I, I was trying to wrap my head around that. I was like, is this what God wants? Is this, you know, what is this, is this his plan, you know? But about a year later, I was in Pennsylvania for OAC's Orientation Candidate School training, and I was put on staff. Nice. Yeah. So I'd like to talk a little bit about OAC. That's Open Air Campaigners, right? Yes, yes. So what I see in my mind, because when I think about Open Air Campaign, I, what, what I see is something similar to like a YWAM team or something like that, where they're mm-hmm. out on a street corner with people walking by and they're doing a drama or painting or something mm-hmm. like that. Is that what's going on? What is it that you do? It's very similar to that. A lot of times when people think of a of a street preaching, they think of very radical, very yeah. uh, mean type yeah. people who just want to make their voices heard and just want to put down people and certain sins and certain ways of life. And right. they just they're pretty much known for that. But over there, campaigners is different. Do is we share the gospel compassionately and with courage, but with clarity. And we make sure that the gospel gets across clearly to people. We make sure that we are, you know, bold in it, but not mean, but bold. And that we take the time to explain it to people who want to know more afterwards. And we always try to give a clear gospel message and that people are given the option to the command from God to trust and turn to trust in Christ to turn away from their sin. And we sketch this out on the street. Now, you mentioned dramas. We sometimes do that on the street, like a, like a YWAM. Mm-hmm. So we may sometimes do that, but most of the time, like out in at least for our branch, Baltimore, Washington branch, we do it, the sketches out on the street. And that draws a lot of people in and, and has 
created a lot of great conversations between us and the unsaved. So it's really great. And, and these sketches, this isn't like somebody drawing caricatures, right? This is like Bible stories or things to to illustrate the the gospel. It can be a Bible story, especially with the like the good news clubs that we, we help out with. Mm-hmm. Some of those are most of those are Bible stories because we do those based on a good news club curriculum. But with when we're out on the street, usually we will use some kind of story or illustration like our sketch. I forget the title of this particular sketch, but it talks about the rich young ruler. And we take it from that story in the Bible that Jesus told mm-hmm. and about questioning about where that person is, where the people who are standing are listening, where they are with the Lord. So like, uh, that th- this man was rich and young and he was a manager or a boss, but that didn't, that didn't uh, leave <laughs> heaven that didn't take them to heaven <laughs> right so yeah so and we do we do stories like that one of our favorites is to whom do you turn and hmm. basically that is a visual of trying to fill in the gaps but also getting people to think of fixing that thing in our life that's not right or trying to get closer to god something in our life isn't right trying to when you have a problem how do you fix it so hmm. it's like simultaneously you're doing that and then you introduce the gospel to people, and then you solve that gap of, of, a, of what I'm not going to tell you what it is, but basically <laughs> you solve that gap of how do you fill in a four, four squares, not four squares, four dots with three lines. So you, we, we do that, and we do many other sketches. You can find them on OECUSA.org's website. Very nice. Our messages, yeah. So I know that you have a lot going on. You've mentioned you work with Good News Clubs. You do the open-air campaigning. I think that you're also doing some stuff in schools, quite a bit going on. Do you ever find it difficult to keep your focus on God in the middle of all of the ministry stuff? Ah, yes. <laughs> yes, yes. It's a twofold thing that, I'm, that I am learning. It's about my union with Christ. And also the fact that since I am united with him, it's like a marriage. I endeavor mm-hmm. to love that, to love him more and to be closer to him. So it's a two-folded thing with, with being a Christian, realizing my union with Christ and realizing that his love drives me on to be closer to him. So what I really would love if and come for people to pray for is that I would have a stronger love of Christ and draw closer to him mm-hmm. and that let the distraction started. It's my phone. <laughs> not let the distractions. Not let the distractions. Not let the distractions push me away from Christ. Even though the distractions can be good things and godly things, but sometimes they're not godly things. Not the same as God. <laughs> it isn't the same thing. Well, wow, there's so, there's a quote right there. Godly is not the same as God. Yeah, it isn't. It isn't. <laughs> yeah, it, it, and it's just so important to be close to him, even with all the good stuff that's going on and to realize that the giver of gifts gave me this gift, but he is to be treasured. So, Man, such such great stuff there. We're going to take another quick break. When we come back, we're going to shift our focus one last time more toward our listeners. Here's a taste of what's coming up on the Engaging Mission Show. Very often, I come across information that needs to be shared, perhaps with a mission organization, perhaps with the authorities. And yet there is still a duty to keep confidentiality. I look at it this way. 
I would never repeat anything that is said to me by a missionary or somebody I'm working with. But I do have boundaries. If you enjoyed that, you won't want to miss a single episode of the Engaging Mission Show. Subscribe in iTunes or Stitcher to have it delivered automatically. Visit engagingmissions.com slash subscribe. That's engagingmissions.com slash subscribe. All right, we're back with Rebecca Jefferson. She shared some great stuff. And now as we shift our focus more toward you as the listener, we're going to start drawing from her experience and her insight. Now, Rebecca, as I think about starting to connect with our listeners and share some of the things that you that you have found valuable and that God's shared with you over the last few years, as I was looking through the, the information that you shared about how you got started that's going to be published elsewhere on the, on the website— you, you shared some stuff about a great mindset or a great approach toward ministry and being really godly in that. Can you share that with us? Yes. About humility and about having the right mindset when you're going in, because when you go in, you don't know everything. <laughs> and that's, what, that's good to assume just going in. Just know that you need to be trained, be teachable. Don't assume that people are trying to tear you down just because you're trying to, you know, just just because you maybe you may be trying your hardest but and people may be giving you correction but they're not trying to necessarily tear you down mm. you know realize that other believers are out there and they want to treat you with Christ's love but if you go in there with claws up fangs out you know <laughs> that you can't really <laughs> yeah. you can't really be you can't really be corrected so be teachable and be loving yourself and be a blessing to the other missionaries that you may be working with as I think about the people that listen, typically, you know, they're either involved in church planting or they care deeply about ministry and missions, that kind of thing. But sometimes I think that as we begin looking for opportunities to minister, maybe sometimes we simply miss really simple opportunities that are right in front of us mm-hmm. because our eyes aren't open. Are there opportunities that you see that people very often miss? Yes. Like people's neighbors, people just ways that Wow, I'm so loaded here about what to say. <laughs> Just uh, your neighbors, see how you can reach out to them. Maybe the kids in your community, maybe people at church who are shut-ins, maybe your maybe your churches and ministry to shut-in people or nursing homes. Just be available to do what God wants you to do and what he's put on your heart, which is going to be different for every person. Just be available for God to use you and God will bless that. Just and also there's different organizations out there who, you know, are like like open air campaigners and child evangelism fellowship who love volunteers to come and help out with their good news clubs because kids need to hear the gospel too. We don't want to wait until they're grown up to hear the gospel. Yeah. When we when we teach at at our good news club that we help out with with a child evangelism fellowship, we do not give them, oh, it's just a Bible story. Or the gospel light, we we give them what my branch director Tom Fox says: good theology. Hmm. <laughs> we give them the facts. We give them what they can take home with them and share with their parents. The incredible things they learned from the sketchboard that 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 Monday. So something that people can do is that you know be available to be a volunteer for for my organization, for example, OAC. We would love to have people come out in the street with us and just, you know, share the gospel with others because we need people to counsel others who are out there who are listening to the gospel message. Sometimes we may have about like 20 to 30 people out there and there'll be Hmm. just two of us or something, for example. (laughs) Yeah. So we need volunteers and stuff. Maybe it could be a youth group, could be individuals, could be different other groups from churches just to come and help us out. 
you know, because we, we need, we need help to, you know, reach these people. Is, is there a book or a resource that you'd recommend for us? A few. The Way of the Master is one by Ray Comfort. Hmm. I recommend that. I would also recommend Hell's Best Kept Secret. I would rec- uh, also by Ray Comfort. That's an audio teaching and okay. True and False Conversion by Ray Comfort also. I would also recommend as far as resources, let's see, any teaching by Paul Washer concerning Christianity in America and, and the American church. I would highly recommend that. Wow, really good stuff. One, one last question. How can we best pray for you? Pray that God would draw me to him. Hmm. Also pray that, and he has met my needs, but just to pray that God would even further meet my needs because I do have needs and they do accumulate. So pray that my needs will be met. Okay. And yeah, and also that God will raise up supporters to support me and to help me to continue to be out in the field. Right now I work a part-time job at a daycare nearby, which is in the morning. But I would love to eventually be able to be able to use my mornings to share the gospel as mm. well, not just the afternoon. Right now I'm using I'm, my plan is to use the afternoons to uh, share the gospel throughout as my schedule is changing. So I have my afternoons pretty stabilized so I can share the gospel more with people and be able to reach out to churches and individuals and, and such. But so more opportunities will be open and pray that I would draw closer to Christ and that for my support that God would provide and God would raise up more supporters. Very good stuff. For those of you that are listening, I would ask you to just pause this for a second. Just take a minute to pray for Rebecca. If God's leading you towards supporting her or connecting with her, any of that stuff, stop by the show notes page at engagingmissions.com slash Rebecca Jefferson. We'll have a way for you to connect with her there. We'll also have a link to her How I Got Started story, how God's worked in her life to bring her to where she is, a lot more in depth than what we talked about here. Really good stuff. I recommend that. Rebecca, thank you so much. I really appreciate appreciate it. Thank you, Brian, so much. It's my pleasure. Thanks to Rebecca Jefferson for being with us and also to Jeff and Gabby for all that they do to make this show possible and to you for joining us. Without you, it would just be us. So we're glad to have you. Show notes are available at engagingmissions.com slash Rebecca Jefferson. That's where you're going to find ways to comment, to connect and to share. I mentioned at the beginning that I had some new people that had connected, and I want to welcome James and Ellis, who recently liked our Facebook page, and also Clay, who recently subscribed to the email newsletter. If you'd like to connect on Facebook, you can do that by visiting facebook.com slash engagingmissions. And if you'd like to subscribe to the email newsletter where you'll receive encouragement in your inbox every week, visit engagingmissions.com slash subscribe. I, I do have another question for you. I'm wondering if you're interested in connecting with each other, not just with me or with our guests, but with each other. I'm wondering if you might like a Facebook group or something like that focused on engaging missions. If that sounds interesting to you, send an email to feedback at engagingmissions.com. At this point, I'm just wondering if you're even interested. And so I just wanted to ask that question. Make sure that you come back next week when we'll be hearing from Keith Smith about what happens when missionaries don't get the support that they need. 
The best way to do that, to make sure that you don't miss that, is to subscribe using your favorite podcast app. Visit engagingmissions.com slash subscribe. And if you have a story of how you have been equipped, challenged, or inspired through the Engaging Missions show, I'd love to hear from you. Send an email to feedback at engagingmissions.com. Thanks for listening to the Engaging Missions show. You can find more great content like this along with show notes by visiting engagingmissions.com or by subscribing to the show in iTunes or Stitcher. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll be back next week.